the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. In today's episode, we're sharing a presentation from MaxLawCon 2021. Keep listening to hear Johnny Finch as we share his talk, Recovering from Loss, What I Know. You can also head to the Maximum Lawyer YouTube channel to watch the full video. Have you grabbed your ticket to this year's conference? If not, head to MaxLawCon2022.com to get yours today. Now to the episode. Run your law firm the right way. This is... The Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Guys, this is my friend Rich. Last year I did this. Anybody here recovering from a loss last year that we did during COVID? If you did, I started with the story of a gentleman that I met at a bar one night. He was a lawyer. We went to the same law school. We bonded. At the end of the night, I gave him my number and he said, hey, man, well, I'll be here next Thursday. Consequently, I got a call the next morning. And when I did from a mutual friend, the gentleman had committed suicide. So that was my friend that I met last year when I was talking with you guys about pressure, dealing with anxiety. So now we fast forward. We've come through somewhat the COVID situation and we're working through it. I mean, we're dealing with we know our triggers now. Um, this is my friend Rich. Rich is like a lot of you guys that I met last night, not your lawyer, lawyer, which you would think of the uh, jerks, <laughs> but a lot more human. He played instruments. Rich and I also went to the same law school together. He had three kids on the weekend. He was always at the local pubs playing and Rich committed suicide May of this year. And um, as you can see, you know, he's the lawyer that you always wanted to refer cases to. The one where, you know, do you know anybody that do his family law? Yes, call my friend Rich. Call my friend Rich. Whenever we saw each other, he was always encouraging. But to see him in the courthouse, you would never know that the pressure that he was dealing with, like we all do, because what do we do? We put it on our backs. And we talked about that last year. There's a certain amount of pressure that we deal with. And I call them building blocks that we put on our back and we carry them around. And the issue, and I was talking with my friend last night, if we practice law, we continue to do what we're doing and we do it well, if we decide to die of natural causes, is not the goal, right? We don't want to be at the brink of how much that we can actually bear or, or we can take. And if we live that type of lifestyle, obviously it's not healthy. Me, myself, before I was a lawyer, as the gentleman said, thank you for having me, that uh, I was a juvenile counselor, never ever know anyone who committed suicide before. It was not something that was common. You know, once I started practicing law, it seems like it's been about six now. And so I looked at the statistics and in our profession, you know, 
it comes common. And so, you know, while we have these conversations, I know uh, for myself, I have to kind of check in. Not that I have those thoughts, but there's a certain amount of pressure that comes with each individual that you have to know. So in my particular personal life, uh, I was the first, first lawyer in my family. And so, you know, at this particular point in time, there's no extra pressure that comes with, you know, I could be the worst lawyer in the world, but, you know, Johnny's a lawyer, so there's not pressure that I feel. Now, to a lot of you guys, um, you may come from situations, maybe your dad was a lawyer, maybe your you know, mom was a surgeon, maybe, you know, your dad was, you know, a senator. There's a little bit more pressure that goes with what could take you or potentially take you to a spot that's not good. Now, that spot before, you know, someone decides to, you know, harm themselves is also a bad spot because I call it autopilot. Autopilot is when you wake up, you have so many tasks to do that you're doing all of them, but not doing none of them well, right? You're doing none of them well. You wake up in the morning, you speak to your wife, you go to court, you do uh, ask for your continuances, you make notes for yourself, you collect money. But, you know, maybe for a period of three or four months, you're really not clocking in. And how I always know I'm there is because when I go back and look at my notes, they don't read anything. It's like I made a note, you know, 1030 or if I put a phone number down, I go back a week later, I should know my handwriting. It's mine, right? But because, you know, anxiety has built up because I'm dealing with so many things going so fast, that's one of my triggers when I know that I'm dealing with a little bit more anxiety than I should. So what it takes us to is, all right, guys, we realize that we're in a high anxiety, high pressure profession. And so while we're dealing with all the pressure, come over here and talk to you guys, how do we check in on each other? Because it's so easy for me to say, Hey man, how you doing? And what's the answer? I'm fine. Everybody always says they're fine. Who says that I'm not doing well? What is the engaging question that we ask? Because when I was going through a period of anxiety and I needed to talk to someone, unfortunately, my wife couldn't help me. You know, that was something I had to talk to a, another lawyer about, someone who could understand. And I'm sure she could because she has a background in counseling as well. But when you're always taking care of someone else's needs, like when you are always making sure that people are and the court fines being responsible with people and you're not actually taking care of yourself. The reason why I know you generally, I have to get a new suit size, right? That 42 is turning into a 44 and we don't like to have that around here. In the morning time, when you wake up, you set your alarm. You have any of you ever set it for like 545? Like I'm gonna get up tomorrow morning. I'm gonna get up at 545. I'm gonna work out. And the alarm comes 545, you hit stews. It's 6.30. And at some point, you just, you know, get your shower and you just make it to court. Maybe you make it on time. If you're constantly not making your alarm, that means that you are not happy about your day. You're not happy to get excited. You're not excited for all the goals that you're going to accomplish. You're trying to delay it. You know, maybe you're staying up extra late at night. These were the things that I constantly have to watch. And, and these are the things that I would have to tell my wife. You know, if you see me doing these things, I need you to check in with me. Also, while we're here, obviously, amongst friends and we are all normal people, when we look at each other, we can pick them out. You know, is your friend coming to court and is he especially hungover? Is he especially hungover more so than often? You know, is he missing? Is, is your counsel that you're having to exchange, you know, civil litigation, exchange discovery? Is it constantly late? Is it a time to really hit the gas on them or is it a time to actually look at what you have? So my title is Recovering from a Loss. Loss generally means a state, like a state. And once you go under that, that will be your loss period. 
Have you ever felt overwhelmed with everything there is to do within your legal practice? How do you keep up with your legal work while making time for growing your practice and attracting clients? Do important things like deadlines and even your family fall through the cracks? This is why you should join us at the number one conference for legal entrepreneurs, Max LawCon. We're going to be focused on helping practices scale and bringing calm to the order. This conference is curated in order to accelerate your implementation. Based on where you are in your legal practice, we're going to help you identify exactly what is most important right now. When you leave Max LawCon, you go home with complete clarity, focus, and a plan to make 2022 your best year ever. And not only your best year in terms of revenue, but your best year in terms of time. Time back with your family. More time to do the work that is in your zone of genius. Only taking the clients that you like. And more money in your pocket. It's all at the Maximum Lawyer Conference. Max LawCon is a two-day event on Thursday, June 2nd and Friday, June 3rd in St. Charles, Missouri. Seats are filling fast. Grab yours today at www.maxlawcon2022.com. So we talked about uh, trauma. And when we talk about people who have been to war before they experience it, I think that regardless of whether it's physical or emotional trauma, it is something that we all have to deal with. And when people come back from war, when they particularly get back, they say if they don't talk about what happened, which was the war that they went to, the bombs, killing, if they don't talk about it, it will kill them from the inside. Again, I ask you, are you okay? And you say, yes, I am. But if we're not talking about it, what are we doing? We're putting it on our back. We're putting it on our back. And the question is, what can we do and what can we prioritize in our life to make sure that we don't get to that point where there's too many blocks? Because, you know, what could happen? Maybe you are, you know, if you reach to your level and maybe you get a letter in the mail, maybe it's from the IRS, right? <laughs> And maybe that says you have to pay a certain amount of money. And maybe that's your thing. Like, I just can't do it anymore. Right. And, and, and maybe you don't necessarily harm yourself, but maybe you are harming yourself and then you're harming the people around you, whether it's your wife, your kids. And so we have to prioritize what is important. And what I spoke with everybody or a great deal of people tonight, like this is I don't think priority, your priority should be making money, because if it is, the money is not the thing that is going to uh drive you to be better for everyone else, right? So what did I do? I started my practice. I definitely wanted to make as much cash as I could, but I realized when I was doing indigent work, um, because I have a heart for, you know, the people who are going to court and can't always afford to have the most prominent attorney because what I found was it was easy for judges or prosecutors to not give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt. And we'll all see those statistics if you do any type of criminal defense work. If you are poor, you're going into court, you know, you're more likely to get the book thrown at you. So what I did was I said, OK, what can I take away from my practice that will give me more energy, but at the same time will allow me to be more effective into something that I believe in? And I said, well, what I'll do is I'll take 95 percent of my practice and I only do indigent work. You know? And obviously you guys know, the, you know, the billing on depending on which state you are is a little less. But what I was not doing it, what I'm not doing at this point is, you know, you know, chasing clients down for you know money is a great deal of what we do, you know. And so I 
took that aspect out of my practice. And then I started along with my friends, just uh, an educational group for the young individuals or the ones that were in the community. And we just start talking about these things. And while I was doing does anybody familiar with Elizabeth City, North Carolina at all? OK, so uh, we had a tragedy earlier on this year, a gentleman named Andrew Brown. Anybody ever heard of Andrew Brown? Andrew Brown. OK, so in light of everything that's happened with uh, law enforcement and our community, there's a gentleman named Andrew Brown. Andrew was my neighbor. Andrew, I represented him a few times. He was a nice guy, but just couldn't stay out of court. There was a tragedy where he had a law enforcement was uh, serving a warrant and they served the warrant. Andrew alluded and the deputies, which I know because I'm in the court with them all the time, they shot him from behind. So light of everything that was going on, we did have a tragedy, which is very close to my heart. Like, I was like, people are coming in. We have all of the press. We have the city council that's going crazy. We have people who are calling my phone. You know, Johnny, we don't have a lot of lawyers in my town, but, you know, what are we going to do? Everything is in disarray. The DA is on TV every day. All my friends are in town. They're representing the individuals. I'm feeling a tremendous amount of pressure at that time. And, you know, one of my good friends, he asked me, he said, how are you doing? And I realized it was not it was not doing good. When you realize that you're not doing good, what is it that you particularly do? And what is the things that you particularly ask individuals around you to do for you? Anybody know? You take a break. You take a break. I asked my wife, I said, hey, this is a particularly stressful situation for me. I need about three or four days. And she'll look at me and she'll say, OK, now, while you take that break, you need to give yourself and your brain a time to unclog, because when your brain is clogged, y'all know what clogged brain is? It's when you have so many things going on at the same time that you actually can't do anything well. So you have to give yourself the time to unwind. And when you do that and you get to that space, you can begin to think about what I can do right now that will take me out of this space. And in three or four months, I can think clearly. So what I would do is sit down, take some time to myself. What is it that put me in this particular space and what can I do, if anything? Because we talked about it last year, Kobe Bryant, when he tore his Achilles, went to basketball, basketball analogy. But when he tore his Achilles, when he was uh, 36 years old, he went, he did the surgery, he came back and they asked him, well, Kobe, you know, how do you, how do you think you're going to be able to recover? How are you going to get back? And he said, well, I did what the doctors told me to do. And after I did what the doctors told me to do, I made sure I was working out as hard as I possibly can. So I controlled what I can control and the rest will be what it is. As lawyers, don't we think we can control everything though? You know, we think we can tell our client to do a specific thing. We think that we can tell the other side to kind of maneuver over here. And then when we can, but what actually can we control? Our planning for the next month. So that's what we're getting back to. So you unclog your brain, one. Two, you control what you can control. And what you cannot control, you make sure that you watch your triggers. Four, if there's anything in your life that is causing you extra stress at the time, clients maybe. Whenever I'm going to a, a particular time where clients are just, well, one of these particular times, I usually take my top five and I was like, okay, who are my five worst clients that I have right now? And it's, 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 a, it's a difficult task a lot of times, but you know, you send it, you call them, you send that email at this particular point in time, make up whatever excuse you want to make up. I think that, you know, me and my family may be moving to Zimbabwe right now. I cannot. <laughs> 
represent you anymore. I wish you the best. Such and such is a good lawyer. And I guarantee those bottom five clients that will, are taking a lot of your time and probably most of the time are not worth the money will give you a little bit of space. So that's it. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.